And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Tuesday, November 30th. It's Giving Tuesday. And you know, while I really don't like Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, or Cyber Monday, I do like the idea of having a nice charitable day in the midst of high, crazy consumerism. I really do. Just to remind you, there's so many great things that you can do around charitable giving, especially if you work for a big company and they do matching. This is a wonderful day to do that. Um, We have uh, a little bit of a change in the giving rules around last year and this year. And even if you don't itemize, Um, you can claim a deduction for up to $300 for cash contributions to qualifying charities this year and $600 if you're married filing jointly. So that's for the folks who don't itemize, you can still get a nice tax deduction for that. So maybe that's a good thing to do this holiday season, this Giving Tuesday. I would encourage it. Okay. Because when we talk about doing something nice for someone else today, man, those nonprofits, they got really smoked during the pandemic and they're all still pretty much recovering. So this is a tough time um, and a good time to remember someone else in need. So I encourage you to do that. Okay. So if you've got a financial question and you want to learn about more ways to give charitably, just go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact button, and we'll get your note. We're going to do some emails and time to bang out some business, says Mark. Uh, Brenda has a question and she writes, I am almost 63 and I'm contemplating retiring from my job that I've had for more than 30 years. Wow. I have an employee pension and a small 403B. I have been advised to take my pension in a lump sum and roll it into an IRA. I don't plan to retire from work, just this job. I plan to work somewhere less stressful with more with more flexibility to pay my health insurance until I'm Medicare eligible. Your thoughts? You know, like, I'm not sure you have to roll it over um, into, a, you know, take a lump sum and roll it over. It, it It is really dependent on 
what else is going on for you. I don't know how much more money you have that is saved or not, but sometimes having a pension can be a really valuable benefit. So it kind of depends on what the pension is, um, what is the kind of imputed rate that you would be receiving, and whether or not you might have some desire to either have control over that pension and, and that lump sum amount if you had it rolled over, if you want to try to leave it to heirs or even charity. So I have to know a little bit more about you, Brenda, but in general, I wouldn't necessarily out of turn say, oh, you must roll it over or not. You know, so many of these questions that you guys ask are really dependent on your situation. So if you could follow up with us, I'd love to chat with you more and see if we have some different alternatives for you and also just get some more details. Okay. That would be great. All right. Now, Brian writes, hi, Jill. I'm considering opening a taxable brokerage account with the goal of staying in the 0% tax bracket for capital gains and qualified dividends. Okay. Um, Brian's married filing jointly and takes the standard deduction. The 2022 tax brackets for capital gains show, uh, yes, for 2022, 83350 Now, does this mean that Brian is asking, does this mean we must keep our adjusted gross income less than 83350 Or could we have an adjusted gross income of up to 1094 meaning 109 minus the standard deduction for married filing jointly equals 83350 Mark, would you like to weigh in on this? I think it's the latter also. I want to just double check because there are some rates that are determined that are, you know, sort of the modified adjusted gross income and some are just adjusted gross income. But I believe that you are absolutely right that it would be the higher amount minus the uh, standard deduction. Now that said, Mark, what do you think about the 0% tax rate? Like what about, I wonder what else is going on in Brian's life around this? Yeah. Mark's doesn't like this strategy. I want to know more about you. I really do. I really, see, this is when I really want people on the show with us. Darn it. Okay. Buster. I like a guy named Buster. Buster wants to start funding a Roth. He's got um, accounts open they're empty. So he's got a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. The Roth has 1800 bucks. He says, every year I average about $200,000. It's right in the middle of the Roth threshold. I'm concerned about funding a Roth when I'm not allowed to. What's the best, simplest way for me to max the Roth each year, assuming my income remains the same or increases slightly? Put all in the traditional IRA at the end of the year and immediately roll over? I already maxed out my employer Roth 401k and HSA. I figured IRA was my next move then brokerage. I'm 40 and I just started a year ago. I'm trying to do everything I can to set my wife and me up by age 65. So he's got 75 grand in a Roth 401k, five grand in an HSA, 10 grand in a brokerage account. Okay. You're maxing out your Roth. Okay. I don't see why you have to put in Roth IRA. Actually, I think you need a little more liquidity. Um, I would, pro if you're only 40, you didn't mention kids, but I wouldn't necessarily put it all in a traditional IRA. I'd build up my brokerage account. That's what I would do. You okay with that, Mark? I don't feel like he has to be like, he's already doing a Roth 401k and an HSA. I'd like a little m flexibility and money that I can access before 
age 59 and a half. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I'd like to think that he has his nice big emergency reserve fund, but he didn't mention that. You're right. If you don't have an emergency reserve fund, obviously that needs to be funded. If you have any other debt like student loans, credit cards, uh, auto loans, we'd want you to pay that off. But yeah, I'd build up that brokerage account. Nona writes, I'm concerned about bond yields and recently moved my bond allocation to cash within my IRA. Oh my God. The amount is $1.3 million. Mark, Nona wants to know if that's a mistake. I really don't understand why people are going nuts like this. Okay, first of all, Nona, I think that's probably a mistake. And I don't understand. If if you're telling me that just the bond part of your portfolio is $1.3 million, what's the what's the stock part? What are you going to do with that money in cash? Are you going to dollar cost average into the bond market as it moves around? I'm not on board with this, Mark. This is a bad one. This is a real market timing one. And I'm not sure what what the game plan is, but it does not, we're not feeling great about it. We do not feel great about that. Okay. So this is an email from Hayden, whose uh, subject line is annuities. And Hayden writes, hi, Jill, which really should be hi, Mark. And I'll tell you why. I love your weekly emails and always seem to learn something new from them. Let me just say this, Hayden, Mark does all the work on the weekly email. So thank Mark. It's worth saying that. Okay. Hayden is a young financial planner myself, and I'm relatively new to the business. So I'm trying to learn and becoming better at what I do. I saw from your most recent question of the week that you didn't recommend moving money from the stable value fund to a fixed annuity. I was curious to hear your thoughts behind this as I work with someone who's a big believer in annuities, and I always like to hear both sides. I would assume they would get a higher rate with that fixed annuity, but I know that money will be locked in for a few years. Do you never recommend annuities or was something about that particular case? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Mark, do you have any idea what which case we're talking about so I can sound somewhat semblance of smartness around this? Uh, okay, so this was somebody who had a um, a one point four million dollar um, retirement account, and an advisor was recommending moving four hundred thousand into an annuity. So, generally speaking, it's not that I never recommend annuities. I think annuities can be a very powerful tool. I am very suspect of high fee annuities. And those are the ones that um, usually someone is selling very aggressively. If you are working, Hayden, for somebody who really likes annuities, I'm hoping that you are a financial planner and a certified financial planner and you are a fiduciary. And if that's the case and you and your colleague are finding lower cost alternatives that can provide some good income producing and steady income stream alternatives, sure, that's great. But a lot of the products out there are very expensive and you're right, they lock up your money. And considering that somebody is looking at, say, a 401k, which is already protected from taxation and using an annuity to put some of that money in that that already tax protected money or tax deferred money into another tax protected product, I'd have to be really convinced that it was worth doing so. So, I'm not constitutionally opposed to annuities or any insurance product. I am constitutionally opposed to very aggressive salespeople of those products who are not counseling their clients into the upside, the downside, and the alternatives that exist. Is that fair, Mark? Did I sound in middle of the road-ish about that? 
No, I'm just anti people who I'm just anti people who just say like, oh no, it's only this product that works. That's not the case. And by the way, it's not there is no one type of advice that works for everybody. There are cases probably where I would say, uh, you know, yes, an annuity does make sense for you, but I'd have to know a lot more about the person. So if you have a question like Hayden or anyone else, all you need to do is go to jillonmoney.com. You can click the contact button. Hayden referenced our free weekly newsletter, which Mark puts together every single week. And if you would like to get that free weekly newsletter, you can sign up on our website. It's very easy to do. Also, while you're on the website, you can subscribe to our sister broadcast. It's called Eye on Money. All right. uh, So here we are. It's Giving Tuesday. So if I would say this to lift someone up today, lift up an organization you care about, give some money away today. It'll make you feel better. I know it will. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 